Welcome back, everyone, to the 12 Days of Podmas. Today, we want to talk about, um, what do we call this? A special? A movie? A series? I call this, Sydney, why the hell did you do this to me? Okay. Why? We're covering Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas as well as Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. I guess they're films, right? Yeah, they're an hour long. We can call them films. Or okay. we can call them... Well, all right. I like one better than the other. I'll say that going well, in. Well, let me tell you this. Here's why I wanted to... Be, here's why I wanted to talk about this um, for our Podmas special. Because I grew up watching these, like, a lot. And really? I guess I just assumed this was, like, something that everybody also watched. But I, I forget that I was a lot more into Disney Channel as a kid than you were. And these were, like on Disney Channel a lot during the holidays. So I, like, this is, like, a staple part of my childhood, actually, both of these. Had, so had you seen these before? No. And what's wild is, even oh. for the stuff I haven't seen, like, I can't in good conscience say I've seen Oliver and Company. Like, it's been so long. Right. Even though I know we had the VHS, because we had the entire animated canon on VHS. Right. But at the same time, like, for all of them, I knew moments and images and stuff. I had so little frame of reference for this, where I literally could not imagine anything. Oh. See, I didn't realize that you didn't know what it was. I thought you did know what it was. Or, well, or I've that, heard that of you them, did. And I've seen individual images, but I don't, I, like, I don't know scenes. I didn't know what the hook was. Oh, I wow. Didn't... See, because coming back to it for me as an adult through like a more critical lens I was kind of surprised by some of the things that I found this time around so I can't even imagine what it must have been like for you to watch it because these these are pretty interesting especially if you like were not familiar with the plot or anything right um I didn't even know a timeline for these because I assumed they were both like early mid 2000 like early 2000s they kind of had that yeah like, the first is 1999 yes and the second one is 2000 like four and that one something yes and i will say like the first one really they both very much feel like they're in their era right like the first one really feel like i will say that uh, regardless of my opinions on them or the individual vignettes in them I will say, they are incredible artifacts of their time in terms of, like, mm. oh, yeah, there was an era where Disney really did just, like, Mickey Mouse was just this, like, tool they would put into different, like, stories and right. vignettes and, like, sort of, like, even just the animation feels so 90s. It has that Mickey's House of Mouse energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, this isn't the best, you know, this isn't the A team. It's kind of like the B minus team. Well, see, you but, watched like, it, still it has on, personality. on Disney Plus where I think it's very obviously been recolored. Because really? it, it did not look that this good <laughs> in the past. They, they probably, rest- I mean, we can't rule out that they restored it, like did an oh, HD restoration they on 100% it. 100% did. Like I, like, I was impressed with the way that the Once Upon a Christmas looked. It did not look this good or clear or colorful uh back in the day should we should we explain what these are to people like what uh okay i'm sitting here like how do we even begin with this okay let's 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 give a quick rundown basically the, the mickey's once upon a christmas is a collection of little christmas stories told through uh the original mickey mouse 
gang yes, characters. Yes, the Mickey Mouse squad. Yeah, the, the OG Disney characters like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, and Goofy. And, you know, the stories that kind of happen in their world. But basically, it's very lesson-heavy. The premise is a narrator will chime in right. and be like, here's the lesson, here's a story that will teach you a lesson about this. And yes. then as the story ends, we cut back. Like, the framing device is it's gifts around a tree, and each tree gift has a story Symbolism. attached to it. Yes, yeah, exactly. So then we go into that story, the story behind that toy, or whatever it is, and learn a lesson about something. And so Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas is the sequel of that, even though, like, the stories in both films are kind of exactly the same. <laughs> yes, the only difference is then the second one, they're all quote unquote original stories. Like the first one, they do a story based on a short story called Christmas Every Day. And then they do Gift of the Magi, which is one of my least favorite stories ever. Um, I was just gonna say, I'm glad that you're bringing that up because it's like a few of these stories, I'm like, isn't this like an older story? Like, isn't this a story someplace else? Like the the one in Once Upon a Christmas, um, yeah, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, where, like, Mickey and Minnie give each other gifts. Like, they have to, like, pawn their, their prized possession. Yes. But then... It's a very famous adapted a story That's a, that annoys me. What is the... Do you know the original story? What is it? It's called The Gift of the Magi, which I think is what they call it here. I forget what the oh. gifts were in... I think it's the guy trades a watch to get a comb... Or, like, a clip for his lady's hair. And the lady gives up her hair to a wig shop so she can get a chain for his watch. I see. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew that I'd seen the story before, like told different in different ways for in different, you know, places, but I could never articulate that or, or give a name to it. So I'm glad that we're talking about that now. Real quick. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. um, I love that the second one dunks on the first one where it's like, Oh, let's put all those old stories away. These are OC stories. These are, right. this is original content for you kids. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, wait, let's, let's go back to the, to the first one, shall we? Like, mm-hmm. what are some, t- tell me about some moments that stood out for you. All right. Well, the biggest thing for me is this, this thing is a trip in terms of like, like I said, it's a time capsule where it's like, I'm someone who really, the first story is DuckTales themed. It's Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Donald, Daisy, um, Scrooge, you know, the Duck Clan. Right. Um, And it is a trip. Not only seeing their, like, old 90s-era designs, like their pre-2010s, like, slickification, Mm -hmm. but also hearing their original voices. Mm -hmm. Because I've gotten so used to, like, Bobby Moyahan, Ben Schwartz, and whoever voices the third one, I'm sorry. Um, Like, I'm used to them sounding basically like adults. So Uh, hearing them sound like... Ducks. Yeah. Donald Duck adjacent kids. Right. Yeah, they sound like ducks. Yeah. yeah. Donald Duck. That's what ducks sound like. Um, <laughs> it is such a trip. And it's because even for like the Mickey one and the Goofy one, it's like, well, they've kept the voices consistent throughout their history. Like right. even the new Mickey Mouse cartoons where he's like very like stylized and simplistic, like mm. they don't change the what he still sounds like that. Right. Goofy still sounds like that. So it's so weird seeing this little time capsule of like, oh yeah, this is what Huey Dewey Huey Louie and Dewey were like before like they rebooted DuckTales. Right. I will say out of all of them, this is prob- mm, 
I do, like, I, overall, I like Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Like, I think the stories are good and fun, and they make sense for the characters. Like, I like the Christmas Everyday one because, like, I love how quickly they get tired of it. Like, I like yeah. that they don't, tri- like, I like how crisp it is as a story where they immediately figure out what's happened, and then they immediately get sick of it. Right. Where it's like, one, that's accurate, but also, like, I like how compact it is. Like, I like, yeah. I don't know. In terms of vignette storytelling, this is as efficient and as smooth as you can. Um, Mm. And I'll say, even though I was making quips about, like, the the animation being, like, the B team, Mm -hmm. I will say, it is wild seeing, like, I don't know, like, the amount of effort that goes into these still, even for the stuff that isn't, like, the top tier stuff, still impresses me in terms of how smooth the animation can get. I was going to say that that I, for the Twice Upon a Christmas, I never thought... I actually thought the animation was quite good for for its time. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it's smooth looking. Yeah. Well, that's... The second one is all CGI, if we haven't mentioned that. Oh, right. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it gives... That one gives me a very Jimmy Neutron feel, but at the same time, Jimmy Neutron was the best they could do with CGI animation in the year of our Lord 2003. Yeah, and it was... Jimmy Neutron was like kind of ugly and it was chunky yes. and, and, and strange yes but um yeah like the thing that stood out to me is also like people are always talking about the modern mickey mouse cartoons for having this sort of like anarchic sense of humor and like being really snarky mm. these get really snarky at times mm. like the whole like in a very 90s way yeah like for example in like the christmas every day one the implication is this turkey they keep meeting is the turkey that they cook for dinner. Because right. the one time, the final Christmas they do, they have a ham and the turkey's at the table. And the <laughs> implication is they don't eat, like, like they just don't eat this turkey they've been seeing. Or, like... I thought it was weird snarky. that they were eating turkey at all, given that they're ducks, but... Right. Well, oh my God, there's a line where Santa in Twice Upon a Christmas says, smells like roast duck, and I'm like... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's a sentient creature, sir. <laughs> right. You know, um, did you understand what I meant when I messaged you and I, I said that these were much more political than I remember? Why? They really do underline the concepts of poverty. Of and like class. How, yes, and economics. How some people just have inherently worse Christmases and than I other people. And I don't remember that from my childhood that like I don't I guess it it wouldn't stand out to me like the socioeconomic implications of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas but I was like oh my god this is like (laughs) that phrase gave me a stroke (laughs) I died I hope you're happy now I'm a ghost now I'm a Christmas ghost this but like when I was watching this I was like wow every single episode is about money like and and people not having any like was that relevant in 1999? See, that's the... And we just did our Peanuts episode to get inside baseball a little bit, and we talked about, like, the commercialization of Christmas, and I think that's always the... Pro- like, Christmas stuff almost always has to grapple with that, where it's like, hey, we've built a holiday more than any other holiday around money and avarice and spending, and, like, uh, our country has an insane poverty problem. Right. And those two things are forced to collide head-on because children don't understand why Santa can't... Like, we built a holiday around the idea of, like, magical gifts. Right. And yet... That have to come from somewhere, yeah. Yeah, that have to come from somewhere. Okay, it's not wholly relevant to this episode, but can I go on the tiniest tangent rant about this? About what? (laughs) Santa Claus in media. Oh, okay, okay, go on. 
Yes. So the second one is Max and Goofy. Max is a kid again, which, God, we haven't seen that in forever. That felt really dated. Like, they never have Max as a kid anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Max is barely around, but... So anyway, it's about him, Pete, the cat, um, just being a dick and being like, Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end, we discover Santa Claus is real. Um, And it's... I think it was Elf that made me really think about this, because... Buddy and his uh, elf dad have the whole conversation about, like, oh, people are losing faith in Santa, and that's making him weaker. And it's like, in a universe where Santa exists, how do the parents justify and explain to themselves how they get those gifts? Right, yeah. Do they think they bought the gifts and just forgot? Do they assume the other parent did? How does that work for single households? Do they live in some kind of socialist (laughs) utopia where the government handles all your gifts? Right. Like, it drives me, it bo- I, like, I know at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. These are silly kids' movies, but it bothers <laughs> me so much where I'm like... No, you're right. It's a major plot hole. It, right? It's a plot hole in every single piece of Christmas media that has an actual Santa Claus in it. Where right. I'm like, does Santa Claus do, like, a magical spell that makes the parents think they got the gift? Like, how does this work? Maybe. I mean, that's that's almost answered in Polar Express with this whole concept of the bell that only kids can hear. Like... Maybe there is some kind of intellectual exchange <laughs> where, where yeah, there's a spell that is put on parents that make them think that they bought the gifts. Yeah, Santa Claus is like, well, the world can't know magic exists because that's right. too exploitable resource. Jesus, right. look what they did when they could figure out how to split the atom. They can't have magic. Yeah. We're, I'm just going to make everyone forget magic's real. Exactly, right. But, yes, going back to the poverty thing, yeah, that is... At first, I wasn't picking up on what you're saying. And then when we have two back-to-back stories that are about Goofy being, like, a genuinely awesome dad and, like, right. helping out this family, who the parent just outright says, like, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for everyone, so, like, this Christmas was going to be really rough, too. You guys came right. here. And then the... Or the, even in the Mickey one. Mickey and Minnie one is, like, where they really drive hard when Minnie's, like, going up to her boss's office and he, like, cannot get her name right. And I was like, right. oh my God, this is like intense. <laughs> yeah, There's like a lot of messaging real. here. And that's what I mean about like, even old Mickey cartoons could get weirdly like political or snarky or right. like jabbing. Right. Where, yeah. And on top of that, it's also like they do layers where it's like Mickey and Minnie are portrayed as poor, which is such a weird thing. Like, right. I forgot that, nine, especially that era of Mickey. Again, it's like whatever story they want to put him in, they reshape, remold him. And that's why he kind of didn't have a personality for a while. Right. Where it's like, you know, he was the nice clean mascot. And exactly. then you could mold him into whatever you needed. So if you needed him to be a guy who has like patches in his pants. Right. And like that would make sense. And be Bob harmonica, Cratchit. You, yeah, he could do yeah, that. You can make that work. But even in that, it's like he's selling trees so he can afford one gift. And then a family that's even worse off than him right. shows up and is like, Ugh, we can't afford a tree. And he has to sacrifice so they can have a nicer Christmas. It's like, holy right. moly. My holy moly moment was when I was like, I was like, wait, the tree farm is like set on fire? <laughs> right? Like that and that moment for me was to- like totally unhinged. I was like, what the fuck is going yeah. on here? Well, see, that's why like I feel like... All of this stuff is building up to these modern Mickey cartoons where right. you, it's just all memes where it's like, Wah! or Goofy pretending to be his grandma because there's a spider in his house where I'm like, no, that energy was always there. Yeah. It's just someone was waiting for someone to like look away for a second so right. they could like the, you know, the, the teens could graffiti the walls right. a little bit. Okay. You know what I have to say? Like revisiting these two films made me kind of fall in love with Goofy in a way that I hadn't before. 
I was literally about to say the exact same thing. Okay, yeah. Can we, let's, these let's are appreciate... The best, these are the best depiction of Goofy I've ever seen. These are propaganda, <laughs> pro-Goofy propaganda. Exactly, and I was like, oh my god, like, what is it about Goofy and Max that, that, like, make this type of storytelling work the best? And it's like, maybe they are just the most relatable characters. Maybe everyone can see themselves in either like a a parent who like loves their child unconditionally or the child of someone that wants to like grow up and be different than who their can't father. stand that parent's love but needs it yes yeah. exactly I, I, think, I think it's a lot of things one goofy is always like for some reason he's always the person they use for like modern stuff like yeah. all of like the goofy how-tos like they did the one where it's like goofy setting up his cable box oh right or like the goofy movie and the extremely goofy movie are very much set in today times yes for both of them <laughs> like and yeah i think it's goofy it's just kind of like the ultimate dad's dad like he yes. makes dad jokes he's clumsy right. but still kind of handy he's kind of a disaster artist where even when everything goes wrong he can somehow like he it works gets perfectly. caught on like a skate yeah he gets his foot caught on like a little car spins around it looks like the entire dinner is about to be destroyed right and yet somehow through sheer calamity he manages to make a perfect dinner anyway right but it's like a f- you know i had moment where i was like oh of course goofy is like bringing a dinner to his neighbors <laughs> yeah because he's just like a he's nice a guy like again man like dog is he a dog oh yeah that's another conversation <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that conversation. Yeah, no, I'm, fuck that conversation. Know, I'm banning that from our podcast. Yeah, no, we're um, never gonna. Yeah, no, again, it's like he's the dad everyone wants their dad to be. He's, like, yeah. funny. He's a little cringe, but in a lovable way. He's mm-hmm. talented. He's funny in terms of, like, he can do physical comedy. And yet he also has a heart of gold and will go out of his way to help other people. And, right. yeah, both both Goofy, spe- like, both Goofy vignettes for both Once Upon and Twice Upon It just lay this home. Because the second one is Max being really embarrassed. It's basically a music video. It is, where yeah. Max is really worried He's his new college girl is going to be embarrassed by his Goofy. His Goofy dad, And no, yeah. she's just utterly charmed by him. And that's the whole thing. It's like... He is it's just Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, char- like, he's charming because he is Goofy. Right. Because he's a Goofy person. And that's inherently likable. Right. I will call shenanigans... Like, I don't... I hate seeing Max with another girl... Like, I know it's insane to, like, ship fictitious, like, young adult dogs, but his girlfriend from the young from Goofy movie. Dogs. Did Was she his girlfriend? I thought, like, she was just his crush. It's implied they were going to date Roxanne, at the end of the right? Goofy movie. The yeah, most Roxanne. 90s, 80s name that you could give a, a young lady. Roxanne. Which is weird because she's, like, the girl next door, and Roxanne's right. usually, like, the bad girl. Right, yeah. Why are we litigating? <laughs> <laughs> talks. I just realized what we're saying, and it, I, yikes. I don't know. Yeah. What's wrong with us? But at the end of this, like, I had a brand new love for Goofy that I didn't even yes. realize that I had ever. And I was like, no, I think this is my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, no, this, of all the characters that come out of this, I'm like, this is the one that just understands this character, and yeah. it's like, like, we were talking about like how their personalities have changed over time. His is a hundred percent locked in gold. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't change. Doesn't need to change. Works in any time period. Right. Um, where I also say, I also found a new appreciation for Donald Duck from this because really? as kind of a no, because so in twice upon a Christmas, his whole story is he's just very overwhelmed by the holidays and wants to just relax with a big cup of hot chocolate. Oh, I actually really like 
McDonald's Twice Upon a Christmas episode. Yes. Well, one, and I think this is something DuckTales does really well. 99% of the, like, Donald's a rageaholic. He's prone to outbursts and has a short fuse. But this and, like, DuckTales do a really good job of underlining, like, no, he has justifiable reasons to be upset. And maybe he doesn't have the healthy coping mechanisms. But nine times out of ten, he gets angry out of, like, empathy for himself or for other people. Right, yeah. Like, DuckTales, the whole thing is he has an anger management coach who explains (laughs) to the kids, like, nine times out of ten, his anger is manifested as wanting to protect you guys. And he feels bad that you don't have a mom. Mm. And is, like, trying to make the world a better place for you. Right. Um, But, yeah. Like, I'm just like, I agree with you, man. I would like to just be left the hell alone for Christmas. But you know what what these specials made me realize? I was like, oh, are all of the ducks horrible? Because, like, first of all, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are... This does not do them any favors. A trip. I mean, but then then I'm like, oh, like, I don't... I don't think Donald's that much better than that. <laughs> like, Donald is horrible. Yeah, well, that's the joke. It's like, oh, this is where he's they're getting their behavior. And then even Scrooge is like, Scrooge McDuck, I'm like, oh, God. Like, you suck, too. I think my favorite line is uh, in Twice Upon a Christmas when <laughs> when he's, like, giving the boys a talking to, and then and he's, like, talking to them about being selfish and, like, greedy. And, and he's, they, like, and they're happy like, about Isn't it? that how you got rich? And then he's like, well, yeah. And then they're like, we want to be selfish. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, he's not the person to articulate these kind of lessons. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, how I relate to him, he shares my hatred of Santa Claus. I didn't realize that um, you totally hated Santa Claus. No, me and him have a beef, you know? He broke into my oh, house like what? a week ago, Sydney. That's his job. No, but not to do podcasts. Well, I mean, okay, don't, like, gatekeep podcasts from Santa Claus. I damn good reason. That man is a menace to society. I'm keeping him off the airwaves. I'm not okay. a free speech absolutionist, Sydney. Um, okay. Well, what is your least favorite of the vignettes? Um, that's a great question. Do I have a least? I think my answer is pretty easy. Of the vignettes, I don't know if I have one. I don't think I have one that that's like I dislike this a lot. Uh, some that are. The one did nothing for me. Oh nope, you're right. That's the one because I forgot that it <laughs> existed. So <Right. laughs> thank you for reminding me that it it was a thing. It makes the number of vignettes asymmetrical because the first one's three and the yeah. second one's four. Right. For some reason, they decided they really wanted to add a Pluto one. And I kind of like it because, again, it's Mickey being very catty and, like, I swear to God. I hate that but version same, of Mickey, though. Like, I yeah, don't want to see Mickey weird. be upset. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Which I guess is a testament to a good mascot character where you're like, if you're upset, all hell's, like, we're, we're done. Yeah. All is lost. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's all shtick. Basically, Pluto accidentally destroys the house at Christmas. Mickey kicks him out, and he ends up in the North Pole, and it's adopted by the reindeer. And the reindeer are just insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. This That was a time capsule to 2004, where you would tell, like, a vaguely yeah. well-known voice actor to just stick it up. Right. Hey, you're from SNL. Do you want to voice yeah. a character? Keep talking and do not stop. We will not cut <laughs> up. Right. Exactly. Um. I will say, though, one thing I also appreciate about these specials is, and I also watched a little bit of Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, I love how these things use themselves as an excuse to, like, bring back all of the weird... Mickey Mouse has a weirdly large canon of, like, supporting characters. One-off, yeah. Like, those, 
Yeah, like those weasels who hang out with Pete the Cat, or like all the DuckTales characters. Mortimer or like, in this. Yeah, Mortimer. Um, oh, there was a really good one. Who am I forgetting? Who's the lady oh. duck? They're like, is she Judy? Aunt Judy? I always forget her name. She's like the they duck give that is too- kissing them. Yes, they give her way too much backstory in the DuckTales show. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, she it's a whole thing. She's like a secret agent. It, it gets a little much. Oh, but dear the, God. I like that show, but the serialization gets a little overwhelming. Um, or a great one in uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol is they bring back the giant from the Mickey and the Beanstalk short as the ghost of Christmas present. And I'm like, that's a fun deep That cut. makes sense. I like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like that they just, they're like, it's, it's the same thing that Kingdom Hearts does where it's like, weirdly, everything Mickey's ever been in is canon. Mm. like in like like in in kingdom hearts mickey's like the king of like the disney kingdom but yet they also retcon it to be like well he also was a steamboat driver and also he was a three musketeer and i'm like this is wow i'm impressed at the amount of sweat this is producing (laughs) i respect you but yeah i like all these weird little animal characters who just exist in the walt disney space right or never interesting enough to get their own thing but come in handy when you like need to spill to to fill space but yeah, um, I am so curious because you didn't tell me that this was a thing growing up for you. Yeah. Honestly, like, do you think this is going to remain a staple? Like, is this going to be a staple for you? Like, are, is this going to be like Christmas Carol where you watch it all the time? Oh, for me personally, yes. Um, even like my mom just like had it on the other day. Like, it's, it's weird. A lot of things from my childhood like, my mom will randomly, like, just put on, like, but because, like, she watched a lot of my TV with me, so, like, she's kind of a fan of those things, and she just had, like, Twice Upon a Christmas just on, now that it's, like, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I still love these. Um, I still, I still love them. I mean, like, <laughs> I may love them even more now that I, like, have the intelligence to recognize how totally unhinged they are at times. But the fact that Pete I love it. burns an entire, the fact that Pete burns an entire, he puts a cigar in his pants, yeah. explodes, and then like later it's established that the firehouse band can't perform because they're dealing with a fire right. at the big tree lot, and when they sh- finally show up, they are covered in soot. Right, they're like literally smoking. You know what we didn't talk about though, um, real quickly before we close up here, the like figure skating battle royale. What a weird. What they, an interesting say, Tanya Harding, uh, right? Like story. When did the Tanya Harding incident happen again? Is that nineties or eighties? It was. I think it was the early nineties. So it would have been right. way before this. But but in the two thousands, like it was being talked about again, and there were a lot of like weird like figure skating cat fight content. Like, that that was a storytelling, like, motif that was being used a lot in the 2000s. Like, there was, like, a weird amount of, like, figure skating, oh, girls are bitchy, and yeah, girls who figure skate are bitchy stories going is, on. The whole arc of that is so insane, because <laughs> they almost immediately turned on Nancy, too, because right. she was, like, upset. She only came in second. It's like, yeah, you know, she overcame a severe leg injury and yeah. also has been training for this her entire life and didn't win. I'd be pretty goddamn upset, too. Right. And then people are like, she's so catty because she's, like, on the Walt Disney float, weirdly enough. <laughs> and apparently she said something like, it's so silly we're wearing the medals. And, like, people are like, what up, bitch? Like, I mean, it yeah. really does just underline any opportunity uh, pop culture has to remind us Punish that women. women suck. Yeah. They're bad. Mm-hmm. They're catty and evil. 
And um, so this is and, their Disney installment of Women Are Caddy and Evil. That two like, best oh friends. God, is Daisy going to try and injure Minnie? Yeah, two best friends would not even hesitate to sabotage one another for a figure skating two. competition. That has very vague rules and has a choir that can immediately understand the emotional beats of this specific and instance perform, and go along yeah, with it. As needed. As well as like this cast of alligators slash hippopotamuses. Like, where did you get these backup Are performers? Fantasia. Oh Apparently. yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I think that one I like that one visually though. And yeah, uh, that one's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, what a weird... You know what? I really am glad you invited... You suggest... Well, it's interesting. Because before we started talking about this, last night, my uh, Ren, who you know, was like, I'm watching Muppet Christmas Carol. And I'm like, why did I let Sydney talk me into watching this instead of <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol? But now as we talk about it, I'm like, you know what? There's value here. You yeah. know, sometimes... like. I think as a podcast, sometimes we talk a lot about the classics and like, because it's important to remind ourselves why the classics are classics, but at the same time, the imperfect gems, the diamonds in the rough also deserve recognition because like, they're not going to be everyone's favorite movie, but someone's going to find them and it'll be their favorite movie. And that matters. It matters to have a rich tapestry of media to go to. And that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're Disney fans is because there is such a rich tapestry of, right. It's a hundred years of cinematic tradition. Exactly. Not everything's perfect, but everything's worth talking about. Yeah. And that's what we do. (laughs) Oh, wait, hold on. That package wasn't there before. Oh, no. Carter from Santa Claus. Oh, boy. I mean, to be fair, to be what fair, I it? did send him a box of firecrackers, so he's... Oh! oh! oh it's, a, it's a horse head. Oh, oh, he sent me a horse... Oh, God. Oh. Uh, wait. Oh, it's not real. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a crochet horse head? Oh. Okay. I mean, it's still... Oh, the blood is, like, sequins? All right, you know what? Like, look, we're in a, like, a little bit of a cat fight here. Like, we're, we're on each other's shit lists, but, like, craft recognize craft. <sighs> but this is an escalation, Barkley, and all this is going to come to a head, I promise. <laughs>